Hello, I'm Ray. I'm back with a, a podcast episode. How about that? After huge demand, well, about three of you. <laughs> no, I've had a lot of emails. Uh, I, I do. I feel quite uh, humbled, actually. I've had so many people say, please come back. Please do more podcast episodes. I do. It's, um, it's quite amazing. I didn't realise just how many listeners I had. Anyway, I won't ramble on about that. I am back. Uh, just say one or two things. In the past, well, what have I been doing now? Two years, over two years, the podcast episodes. One every week, apart from the last, what, two or three months where I've had a break. They were always available on Sunday morning. Do you remember? I always put them out on Sunday morning. If you find that one hasn't appeared Sunday morning, don't worry, it might appear Monday or Tuesday. So I'm trying not to tie myself down too much, especially this time of year, uh, Christmas. Oh, mentioned the C word. <laughs> How many shopping days to Christmas? I don't know. I've got a clue. I'll tell you what, though, I've done. I ordered a card for my wife on Moonpig. So that's, I haven't got to go out. That's good. And I've ordered all my presents online. I know people say we should uh, you know, revive the high street, get out and shop locally. But the trouble is locally, the things I want, people don't sell. So, you know, what can you do? I, I had to go to uh, online places. But there we are. What was I t What's this episode about? I've no idea now. No good asking me. Oh, it's that time of year again, meaning not so much just Christmas, but winter, dark evenings, doom. We're doomed. <laughs> doom and gloom. No, it's not all doom and gloom. First of all, Warner. Hello, Warner from Norway. I mentioned the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square the other day. Do you remember that? I was saying it's dreadful. It's awful. People around the world are looking at it and they're laughing at us. It's a dreadful tree. The Trafalgar Square tree is gifted to us by the uh, from the mayor of Oslo in Norway every year. And uh, apparently for the last, what was it, Warner, you said 78 years, 76 years? in a way of thanking us for the help we gave them during the war. Now, I didn't mean to, well, I hope I haven't, upset our, our Norwegian friends across the sea there. I didn't mean to do that. What has happened with the tree? I've been looking around the internet. It left Norway in one piece. It left Norway as a nice tree. What someone has done, probably UK side of the water, it looks like, well, from what people have been saying, it was dropped and or dragged. So on one side of the tree, it's lost a load of its branches and the foliage. Can you call pine needles foliage? Are they foliage? Well, they are the green things. It's lost some of its greenery and some of the twigs. Not so much branches because they're big and thick, aren't they? Anyway, yeah, it would have happened UK side, not in Norway because they look after their trees there. I reckon that someone's tried to chuck it onto a lorry and it's rolled off and they've dragged it or whatever's happened. I had to get a load of people now say, oh, don't blame us. We put it on the lorry properly. <laughs> anyway, look on uh, on social media. Just look up Christmas tree Trafalgar Square and you will find photos of it. And it is, sadly, it is a bit of a mess. Apologies to you. Uh, is it Werner? I, I'm not very good at uh, pronouncing uh, names in other countries. Werner, I believe it's Werner, not Warner. Sorry about that. Anyway, you know who you are. Mary from Pennsylvania. Hello to you. Mary, I've had loads of emails. I can't go through them all. 
because uh, there are at least three, as I said. <laughs> no, there are, there are a lot, actually. Mary from Pennsylvania, hello to you. Thank you for uh, welcoming me back. Uh, looking forward to hearing me again. Well, here I am. So thank you to you. Thank you to everyone for all the messages, the email. It's fantastic. It really is fantastic to hear from you all. So that's the Christmas tree sorted out in Trafalgar Square. Talking of Christmas, in the old days, I was trying to think back the other day to the 50s. Well, not so much the 50s, 1960s. The TV adverts and the 70s, the TV adverts around Christmas. Loads of, obviously, adverts about children's toys. The TV was just full of adverts for toys for children. That's fair enough. But were there all the food adverts? Whenever I look at the telly now, whichever channel I'm on, there's Christmas adverts, but it's all about food. There's mince pies. There's roast potatoes that you can buy already done. There's sausage rolls. There's Christmas cake. There's Christmas pudding. There's all this stuff, pigs in blankets, the whole lot, all this stuff that you can buy. Now, thinking back, I don't think there were that many adverts back when I was younger because my mum, well, everyone's mum, they made their own Christmas pudding. They made their own Christmas cake. They made their own mince pies, pigs in blankets. And we still do, well, I say we, we, we make cranberry sauce. We, I mean Tricia, my wife. I always say we. We made, I was saying to a brother-in-law the other day, we've just made another huge pot of uh, you know, homemade curry. Lovely. And he said, we? I said, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we made it. He said, who? Who made it? Said, oh, all right, well, Tricia made it. I used to help. <laughs> but apparently I was more of a hindrance than a help. So now uh, she says, the best help you can be really is to get out of the kitchen and out of my way. But we do. We, well, Trish. She makes all our own stuff. I did make horseradish sauce back uh, earlier this year. Out of the back of our place, there's a bit of land and there's a horseradish plant or several growing. And I went, <laughs> I went and dug it up and you get the, you know, the root. And it's very easy. All you do is wash it, mash it all up with something. Was it a, a pestle, and, pestle and mortar? I've got one of those specially for it. Mash it all up, put some, some I don't know, balsamic or something, vinegar with it. And basically it's job done. And it's fantastic. Horseradish, put some of that in a cheese sandwich, a cheese roll, absolutely fantastic. And so easy to make. But just going back to the Christmas food, in the old days, if you wanted grated cheese, well, you'd get a block of cheese and you'd grate it. If you wanted grated carrot, you'd grate it. If you wanted to peel potatoes, you'd peel them. Now you can buy it all already done. It does seem a bit daft. I mean, even Yorkshire puddings, you can buy them already done. Well, there's nothing like homemade Yorkshire puddings. I don't know. Uh, times really have changed. I remember some years ago, I wanted to get into making some marmalade because I like marmalade. So I got all the, the Seville oranges and all that stuff, got the sugar. And it was only when I was reading the, the recipe and I was following it properly. I got the, the big pot. I had the thermometer and all the gear. And I was putting in the sugar and I thought this must be wrong. You know, it said add something like half a tonne of sugar, like a van load, a lorry load of sugar. And I thought, no, this can't be right. And I checked online and it was right. I put in about three bags. What's that? Three kilos or six pounds of sugar. And I just didn't realise how much sugar there was in marmalade. I mean, it's bad, you know, bad for you putting on weight, 
bad for your teeth. Although the marmalade, I must say, it was lovely. Absolutely lovely marmalade. What I still do, and I do this on my own, I have pickled onions. That's easy enough. Just peel a load of onions, get the, the proper pickling vinegar and some jars, chuck it all in there. You can chuck stuff in with it, uh, bits and pieces to, to flavour things, which is rather nice. We even, we, listen to me again, we, we even make things like mint sauce, apple sauce, bread sauce. I don't like bread sauce. Uh, Trish has just made loads of, for the winter, homemade soup. We've got lentil and carrot, we've got a homemade tomato soup, homemade mushroom soup. She's brilliant at all that sort of thing. As I said, I keep out of the kitchen. That's, that's the best help I can give, keeping out of the way. But it does seem now that everything is just bought from the shops. It's a shame, isn't it? I suppose people haven't got time. People work these days. I mean, women going back to the 50s and 60s, the majority of them were housewives, weren't they? They didn't go out to work. They looked after the children. They'd pack everyone off to work and school. They would then do the housework, the washing, the drying, the ironing and all that. Oh, goodness me, that was more than going to work. I reckon that was harder work than actually going out to work. And then doing all the, the cooking, the shopping, of course, the cooking, the preparation. I suppose these days people don't have time. Haven't got time to grate your own cheese. <laughs> How long does that take? It's a very different world these days from back then. I would imagine if you call a, a lady a housewife these days, she'd probably give you a kicking. <laughs> I don't know. Which she certainly wouldn't be very happy if you called her a housewife. I don't, it's a funny term. It's a derogatory term, isn't it, really? You're, you know, you're married to the house and the you married, was it chained to the kitchen sink? I don't know. Talking of that, which we weren't, someone the other day uh, commented on one of my episodes saying, I sound like Elton John. Do I? I've never heard Elton John uh, speak. I've heard all his music, of course heard him sing. Anyway, I went online and I found an interview and I could actually hear him speaking. And I thought, do, do I sound like that? Good grief. Stone the crows. I don't, do I? Who thinks I sound like Elton John? Oh, my, my daughter, bless her. She has said for years, I sound like Daddy Pig. You know, Peppa Pig? Apparently I sound just like Daddy Pig. I mean, I don't know. I've listened to Daddy Pig. I've listened to myself on the podcast recordings. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see a resemblance. I remember years ago, a chap in a pub, he said to me, I look like Stephen Fry. Do I look? I don't look like Stephen Fry. I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? People associate voices with other voices. I don't know. But uh, Elton John, well, there's a thing. Daddy Pig. I'm sure I don't. <coughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> talking of dentists. Well, we weren't, but talking of ladies going out to work. I was chatting to my dentist, well, when he didn't have my mouth full of instruments and goodness knows what, pairs of pliers and hammer and chisel and things, when I could actually speak. He was telling me about his daughter. Apparently, she's an extremely good artist, uh, drawing and painting, and she wants to do something in that sort of line of work, earn money from it. Now, she's 14, and her heart is set on this. She wants to make money from drawing and painting. And he said, the trouble is you're not going to find a job. Or, I mean, there are jobs, graphic design and stuff or whatever it's called these days. There are jobs, but extremely difficult to get in. It takes a lot of luck as well, doesn't it? So I said, well, doesn't she want to be a dentist like her dad? And he said, she doesn't want to be a dentist. He said, I don't want to. 
<laughs> he said, I don't want to be a dentist. I thought, well, that's good. He's doing my teeth. He said, it's hard work. And I said, hard work? I said, all you, all you do is drill a few teeth and fillings and pull some out. And I said, look at the money you're on. I said, the money's good, surely. Oh, he said, well, not really, not with all the work involved. Well, he charged, <laughs> he charged me £2,000. Can you believe that? £2,000. My wife, Trish, she went along. 500 <laughs> 500 I mean, I didn't, I had a fair amount of work done. She didn't have a lot, but £2,000. What did I have? A couple of crowns, is it, or whatever they're called? 600, no, three crowns, 600 each, plus, a, oh, we call it, a, we call it two grand. So we'll round it up to 2000 that'll do. Good grief. And his daughter doesn't want to be a dentist because it's hard work. Actually, he's a lovely chap. I think he's Portuguese. He, I got on really well with him and he said to me, I'll keep the cost down for you. I think he was sort of making out that we're perhaps, we're mates. And that, I'll keep the, the cost down. Don't worry about that. We call it 2000 If that's keeping the cost down, good grief. I don't know what it would be otherwise. Elton John. Do I really sound like Elton? I can't stop thinking about that. Elton John. Ian. Hello. Ian emailed me. He said, uh, I don't think he said I sound like Alastair Cook. Do you remember Alastair Cook, Letter from America? Now, was that Radio 4 or was that what it was, the BBC Home Service? Alastair Cook lived in America and he would do this Letter from America, I think every week or every whenever, on, uh, on the radio here in the UK. And it was great. It was a bit like a monologue, but he'd, he'd report to what was going on in, in government there and other news from America. And Ian mentioned that. Yes, it was very interesting, actually. Mark, hello, Mark. Uh, Mark said about the podcast episodes, he said, just do one when you're in the mood. The trouble is, I could, <laughs> I could ramble on all, all day. I could chat to you for a few hours every day, just talking, what's that word beginning with B? Oh, yeah, rubbish. Talking rubbish. But yeah, good idea. This is what I said earlier. If it, if it doesn't appear on Sunday morning at eight o'clock, well, don't worry. It might come out on Monday or Tuesday or something. I'll try and make it Sunday anyway. We have got Storm Barra on the way. What day? I've no idea what day it is. Tuesday at the moment. We've got Storm Barra coming in. I think it's got as far as Ireland. It's hit Ireland and it's coming across uh, towards us as I speak. The wind is getting up and apparently we're going to have lashing rain, uh, wind and possibly snow. So <laughs> that's, that's nice, isn't it? Well, here I am in my soundproof nicely uh, air-conditioned and warm studio. Well, not quite. <laughs> I'm sitting at the table in front of my computer in my radio room. I tell you, someone who isn't nice and warm, that's our tortoise. He is hibernating. This is the, um, the Herman's tortoise, the African leopard we had to pass on to a, a proper tortoise place because he was getting so big. He was huge and he needed more and more space more and more heat because they don't hibernate. But our little Mediterranean type Ermans tortoise, he is asleep. He's hibernating. And we put him in the in the shed, because it's a good temperature out there, in an insulated box with his substrate and straw and all the gear. And that was okay, but the trouble is the shed warmed up and it got up to twelve degrees. Had a look at him, and of course he's waking up. Oh hello, is it springtime? I'm hungry. Uh, no, it's not springtime. We haven't had Christmas yet. So what we've done, now don't do this at home. <laughs> do you remember they used to say that on the telly? Don't try this at home. What we've done is put him in a fridge. 
Now, before you all start emailing and say, no, 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 you're killing me. You can't stick him in the fridge or the freezer. It's a proper, it's an incubating type fridge. It, it adjusts from between five and 60 degrees C. Okay, it's for eggs or hibernating reptiles. And you've got to do it properly. So don't just go and buy a, a, one of these special fridges and chuck a tortoise or whatever into it because that's not good. You've got to know what you're doing. He is now hibernating properly. It's a constant five degrees. They like anything between five and seven degrees. So, no, three and seven degrees. I don't know why I'm telling you about the tortoise. Anyway, there we are. He is now Gary, he's called. Gary. <laughs> Have you seen that advert on the telly? Where um, it's a summer advert, isn't it? For a garden centre or whatever. Gary comes out of hibernation I think in the spring and he leaps across the lawn and the family all say oh look here comes Gary <laughs> so we called ours Gary and he is now five degrees in the fridge so yeah don't worry don't all send in complaints because that is the correct way to do it it does say online I read a lot about this it does say seek expert advice before you stick any reptile in a fridge well I've done that I am an expert <laughs> <laughs> in what? I don't know. I've no idea. Power cuts. How about that? People up north? Is it Scotland and north of England? Yeah, power cuts. There are still, all these days later, I think 500 homes without power. There were several thousand without power for over a week. Was it 10 days? Imagine that. Of course, without power, your gas central heating won't work. If you've got an electric cooker, you've had it, you're okay with a gas cooker. Of course, we've got a coal fire, so we're lucky and we've got gas cooking, so that's okay. Now, a friend of mine worked, he's retired now, but he worked for the power company, doing you know, the overhead lines and the underground cables and all this stuff, all the, the transformer and the switch gear equipment. And he was saying the media are being pretty rotten by saying, oh, what's wrong? You know, it's the government's fault. They should have had the power on within a few hours, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you live out in these remote villages, the power lines go across the country, not the big pylons, but you know, on, on wooden poles with transformers. He said, that lot comes down in trees. You can't just stick it all back up in a day or two. It takes time. You've got to get the equipment. You've got to get transformers, cables. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but it must be awful to be without power for any length of time like that, especially this time of year. I suppose it just shows how much we rely on electricity. It's Without it, we'd probably all die. The internet, look how much we rely on that. If the internet goes down, we feel totally cut off. Well, we are cut off from the world. It's, it's awful, isn't it? Relying so much on, on one thing, electricity, all your eggs in one basket. But what can you do? Now, it must be dreadful. I do feel so sorry for those people up there that have had no power now for... Is it getting on for two weeks, isn't it? Well, let's hope it's all back on by Christmas and let's hope they're keeping warm. I think they've sent in the army to help people, you know, especially elderly people that might be on their own with no heating and things like that. I think they've sent in the troops to go around checking up on people, which is good. I've just had a look at one of these online weather things. Is it Venture Sky or something? And I can see just off the west coast of Ireland about half an inch, <laughs> I don't know how many miles, about half an inch off the west coast of Ireland seems to be the centre of the storm where the really low pressure is. And it's moved, it actually is moving over Ireland, 
but it's also now into uh, the west of uh, Wales, uh, down Cornwall way area. It's coming across, as you know, I'm on the south coast in uh, Sussex, West Sussex, down the south. So it will be coming across. And I'm looking at trees across the road now. It is the wind really is getting up now. Apparently it's going to be gale force winds and that won't do my ham radio aerials any good, will it? So I don't know. Well, no point in worrying about it. If they come down, they come down. As long as they don't go through a neighbour's shed or greenhouse and I end up having to pay for that. <laughs> I don't like the wind. I think the wind is the worst thing. I don't like the wind. Animals don't like the wind, do they? Horses. It's, it rain is OK. Snow is sort of OK. But the wind... I just don't like it. I can hear it howling outside now. Of course, they were saying on the telly, on the news, uh, was it yesterday, that uh, all the power lines they're putting back up, getting everything back. We've now got this storm barra coming in. What was the other? Uh, Arwen, was it? Arwen that did all the damage. We've now got barra coming in. At least here in the UK, we don't get earthquakes. Well, I think we get very, very minor ones, but uh, that's about it. We don't get earthquakes we don't get tornadoes and stuff like that. Well, we I think we have mini ones, but nothing like some of the, the dreadful down in the Gulf, isn't it? Uh, off Florida, down that way. Uh, you know, the winds, the, the storms, the hurricanes. Oh, good grief. Now, we're pretty lucky here in the UK with the weather. Because when it does snow, all the trains stop. All the traffic stops. That's it. Grind to a halt. The UK grinds to a halt. Oh, why is that? Well, there's an inch of snow. <laughs> no, it's not quite that bad. But uh, we're not prepared. That's the trouble. Like the railway lines, you know, the point where they switch the, the track, they're not heated because we don't have enough cold weather. You know, they might freeze perhaps once a year. Well, you can't install all the heating equipment just in case once a year it might freeze. I don't know. Or are they heated? Someone will put me right on that. People normally correct me. When I'm wrong on the podcast, I get emails. You were wrong. That's what you said wasn't right at all. <laughs> oh, I love it. I suppose it's the same with the runways at you know, Heathrow Airport, London, Gatwick, or Stansted, all that lot. You can't have heated runways just in case once a year you might get some ice on the runway. Uh, I don't know. It's a, I suppose, is it a lot of money? To, I suppose it would be to heat a runway or to put in the equipment anyway. You'd have to dig it all up, a bit like underfloor heating. Our rabbits, they're still going strong. Our rabbits, we've still got those two. They've got underfloor heating in their hutch. They've got a 14-foot brick-built hutch that I built for them. And for the winter, they've got a thermostat. And there's a little bit, not the whole hutch, but this certain area in there, in what I call their lounge, because <laughs> they've got a bedroom and a toilet area. In their lounge, they've got a little heater under the floor. And it just comes on when the temperature gets down to about two degrees. It comes on and just warms it up a bit. And you can see they've been there because all the, the straw and hay has sort of swirled round where they make a kind of nest over the heated floor. They're spoilt bunnies, but they deserve it. If you're going to have pets or any type of animals you're looking after, you've got to do it properly. I've always thought that. And if you can't do it properly, then don't have them. Like our big... African leopard tortoise we couldn't do it properly in the end he was too big he hadn't got enough space he hadn't got enough heat so we had to give him to someone that could do it properly you know it's no good being selfish and saying oh well we want the tortoise because you know we really we were tearful when he went he was part of the family but uh, there we are off he went we had him 
was it 11 or 12 years, I think. But uh, he had to go because he wanted a proper home and we couldn't provide that. Have you seen... <laughs> Have you seen, it's terrible really, these cartoon things of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Uh, I've seen quite a few of them. I've seen quite a few of them on Twitter recently. I'm always looking on Twitter, I don't know why. There's Winnie the Pooh, he's sitting by a bonfire and the, the little caption says that uh, Winnie the Pooh really misses Piglet but he did like that bacon sandwich. <laughs> I mean, that's awful, isn't it? And what was the other one about... Um, Oh, that's right. They're walking along holding hands and Piglet says to Winnie the Pooh, what's this full English thing that you want me to be part of? <laughs> oh dear, poor Piglet. If ever I see anyone eating a bacon sandwich, I say, that's my mate Piglet you're eating. <laughs> it doesn't put them off, of course. They don't care. So yes, it's that time again, as I called the podcast. I never quite know what to call them. I, can't, I suppose I ought to call them talking rubbish <laughs> or the B word. It's that time of year again. The wind is increasing as I speak. If you want to email me with any thoughts or ideas, raise rants at protonmail.com or one word, raise rants at protonmail.com. So that would be good to hear from you. Yes, that time of year again. We've just about done everything for Christmas I, what I don't like is the countdown to Christmas shopping days. You know, oh, there's only six weeks to Christmas or so many hundred shopping days. I've heard that back into the summer on the radio. You know, like, what is it, 60, 70, 80 shopping days till Christmas. What are they talking about? But we are all prepared. We've, uh, we've got the coal. We've had the coal fire going, in fact. Got that ready to light. Uh, it's really nice having that fire going. We got a load of coal from a friend of ours, uh, she rang up and said, I've got a coal bunker here, half full of coal if you want it, and a garage with a load of wood in it. So we went round there with buckets and bags and all sorts of things, old shopping bags we found, and we emptied her coal bunker. So we've got all that out the back. Actually, I think it's illegal. I don't know. She's had this coal for years. It's illegal to burn it because it's, it is smokeless. But I think now you've got to have synthetic coal. We've got a few bags of synthetic. It's good, but it's not, it gets really hot, but it's not like the, the proper old coal, you know, where you get gas jets. Ah, uh, all, all you oldies out there like me, you'll remember this. Gas jets coming out of the side of coal that ignite and they go, and you can actually get them three, four, five inches long, like a little Bunsen burner. <laughs> That's where the gas trapped in the coal suddenly finds a, a way to escape. It lights and it looks great. I remember that. Because you, you don't get that with the synthetic stuff. Because gas, local gas, used to, before it was natural gas, as they call it, it was town gas, wasn't it? And it came from coal. It was coal gas. In fact, Shoreham, which is only, what, six miles away from me? I remember going to Shoreham when I was a kid. You know, a dad would drive us through Shoreham. And the place used to stink. You probably find people are listening in Shoreham saying, well, that's nice, saying my hometown stinks. It used to, because that's where they made the, the town gas, the coal gas. And Shoreham used to stink of coal and gas. It was awful. I quite like the smell of, of burning coal. But they're now saying, you know how someone will walk past the fire quickly or shut the door or open it quickly, and a load of smoke billows out of the fire. Woof! and fills the room, you know, and you get, you get ash and sort of soot marks, smut marks, all around the, the furniture and stuff. But they were saying that, that breathing in that, uh, that 
that smoke is, is really bad. It's like poisonous. Well, I love the smell of that. And I used to think, oh, look, it's all wafted into the room. Ah, oh, lovely. I breathe it in deliberately. I don't now. But I didn't realise it was poisonous. I quite like the smell of exhaust fumes. I like the smell of diesel. But, of course, that's all poisonous, isn't it? Talking of coal, I got some, who remembers, you can still buy it, Wright's Coal Tar Soap. Wright's Coal Tar Soap. I like that. And I was thinking a few weeks ago, I'm going to go and get some. So I did. I bought some Wright's Coal Tar Soap. When I got it home, I was unwrapping it out of its, you know, its packet. And it said, Coal Tar Fragrance. And I thought, what are they talking about? I, it's not coal tar. Looked at the ingredients. There's no coal tar in there. Now, a friend of mine who's a chemist, I don't mean he's got a chemist shop. He did have, but he's a proper chemist. You know, he mixes up chemicals and makes sort of bombs at school and stuff. No, he doesn't. He's retired now. He said that he used to use coal tar and other, it was it infusions or whatever, to make up cream and ointment for people's eczema. And he said it worked really well. But the EU, bless them, have banned it. So we're not allowed to have coal tar anymore. I like coal tar soap. Apparently, was it carcinogenic or something? You can get skin cancer. Well, I know I used to use it all the time years ago. I didn't get skin cancer. I suppose some people can. Everything's banned. Weed killer. Who remembers Paraquat? Do you remember? Lethal. Wouldn't just kill the weeds. It'd kill everything in sight. Cats, people, dogs. <laughs> kill everything in sight. But wow, what a weed killer that was. Sprinkle that or water it or whatever you did onto your, you know, your, your garden path or wherever the weeds were. They'd gone. There was like, you know, like a nuclear bomb had gone off. Everything was dead. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. But of course that's banned. I do have, uh, what's that uh, shampoo with coal tar in it? Tea gel. That's the stuff. I had an itchy head recently. You don't want to hear this, do you? You're thinking, I don't want to hear about his itchy head. No, I had a bit of an itchy head and I got some tea gel and I do think that's got coal tar in it. I love the smell of it, coal tar. <gasps> Absolutely wonderful stuff. Oh, and I suppose I better add that, yes, it did cure my itchy head. I use it all the time now. I think it's said on the bottle, don't use it all the time, but I do. I, I don't, I, I read the instructions afterwards. Do you do that? Anything I get... I'll open it from the box, you know, put it together, plug it in, switch it on or whatever. Then after about half an hour, when I can't make it work, I'll have a look at the instruction book. You know, you, you flip through. Sort of, uh, let's have a look. Oh, oh yeah, it says here. Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. Of course, my wife, yeah, she says, well, why did you look at the instruction book in the first place? People don't, do they? I don't think people do look at instruction books. Have you seen some of the Chinese ones sort of translated into English? <laughs> They're funny. When switching on with the switching on switch, <laughs> I don't know, some of them are quite hilarious, actually, the instructions. OK, so it's now 11 o'clock. What day did I say it was? I forget now. The 7th of December. It's um, Tuesday, 11 o'clock. The wind seems to have dropped. There are some splats of rain on the window, just some splats, but uh, the wind seems to have dropped for a minute. We normally, here on the south coast of the UK, we normally miss the bad weather. You know, it goes to up northern England, Scotland, over Ireland, of course, because it comes straight in off the Atlantic, uh, then across the North Sea, over to our friends in Norway. I hope I haven't upset our friend, that Christmas tree. I did know about it. I did know that it was a gift from the Norwegian people. 
the mayor of Oslo. I didn't know that. There we are. <laughs> it's now, it's in Trafalgar Square and it's got lights on it and it looks, uh, it's nice. Yeah, it really is nice. Christmas presents. I remember, I remember as a kid, you know, you, you look at your grandparents, you give them a Christmas present or whatever, and they'd open it and they'd say, oh, oh yeah, that's nice, dear. Thank you. And what that meant was, oh, I don't really want this. Everyone got socks, didn't they? <laughs> socks. I don't know why people all got socks at Christmas. My grandfather, he was a bit of a pig, actually. My brother gave him a record. Uh, no, he gave it to my grandma for her birthday, an LP record of some classical music. And next time we were, we popped round to see them, my grandfather gave this record. He'd given it, you know, it was um, grandma's present, grandmother's present. But my grandfather gave it back to my brother. And he said, oh, we don't want that, old boy, thanks. Of course, we're all looking and thinking, what's going on? We're all quiet, what's happened? And uh, my brother said, oh, OK, and he, he took the record. And my grandfather said, oh, not, not our sort of thing, old boy, you know, thanks anyway. <laughs> and that was it. How rude. How rude was that? Had I been older, I'd have told him what I thought. Some people are rude, aren't they? I don't like people. I just don't, I don't speak to people unless I have to. <laughs> I don't go into town. I quite like this. I shouldn't say it really, but I quite like this lockdown thing. Well, we're not in lockdown, are we? We are, uh, Trish and I are self-isolating all this week uh, because Trish has got to have a, a little procedure done uh, this coming, is it Thursday or Friday, um, down the hospital. Only a minor thing, but they did say you've got to isolate, both of you, obviously, because we live together. We've got to isolate all this week. So I quite like that because no one can come round. No one can pop by and say, oh, hello, put the kettle on and sit here for two hours chatting a load of rubbish and stopping me from getting on with things like the podcast. So it's quite good. No one can come in the house <laughs> and we can't go out anywhere. So I quite like that. But I can understand, though, uh, a friend of mine, he's just, um, he lives, uh, where's he live? Lansing, something, you know, only a few miles from me. He is now in his bed with Covid. He's had all the jabs and everything. His son came home with Covid because uh, his son, I think he's 40 odd, he lives with him. And now this friend of mine's got it and he's quite bad with it, apparently. So that's a shame. Uh, I won't be seeing him before Christmas, I don't think, because he's not feeling at all good. So Covid is still around, isn't it? My grandson, he is, what, seven. He came home from school uh, last week tested positive apparently they test them at school half the class were positive so the, all the whole family there are now uh, isolating it's i don't know when is this going to end this is what i've been saying to people this time next year will we still be saying oh a friend of mine's got covid or oh, we're isolating people next door are isolating because they've been in touch with someone they got positive i don't see that it's going to end do you I just popped downstairs to make a cup of coffee. I was looking out of the kitchen window and we've got a jay. They're lovely birds. They normally go around in pairs. I've seen him several times or her uh, over the last week or two. And he has, I haven't seen his partner, which is odd, but we've got a, a squirrel feeder box. And what the squirrel does, he's, he sits on the, the front, the little ledge, and then with his head, he pushes the lid up and then goes inside and pulls out a, a monkey nut, you know, the, the peanuts in their shells. Well, the jay has obviously been watching him because he will now go and stand on the, the little ledge, push the lid up with his head, 
and then with his beak grabs a, a monkey nut and takes it out and flies off. Then he comes back. <laughs> the magpies have also learned how to do it. They take them. So we're getting through more monkey nuts now than ever. But it's lovely to see the jay there. We've got pigeons as well. Oh, and seagulls. I think I've said all this in the past, haven't I? It's a, it's a shame we've got all these bigger birds. But there's nothing you can do about it. I've tried to make places that only the small birds can get to. The big ones can't. Actually, we have. We've got a bush. Uh, we call it spike. It's a big spiky thing. I forget the proper name for it. And all the small birds go in there. So we put feeders and a little bird table thing in there. Of course, cats, bigger birds, all that. They can't get in there. It's a very spiky bush. So that works well. And we've had little, uh, what are they, chaffinch things. We've got some sparrows. This is interesting. They're almost white in colour. I can't find out what they are. They look identical to sparrows, but they're almost white. Very strange looking things. But there have been loads of them in this bush. Because do they emigrate? I think they've all gone now. A lot of the birds have gone over to warmer climes, haven't they, in Africa or wherever they go. They fly thousands of miles, don't they? Talking of TV, which I wasn't, I was going to say I saw a programme on the telly about birds uh, migrating or whatever they do. Um, I was watching telly last night. There was a programme on, it's really good, uh, TV adverts in the 1970s, adverts uh, for toys and all the different toys that were in the, you know, the they were the rage back then. Were they the, the clackers? Do you remember clackers? Those two heavy balls on a bit of string and you, with your hand, you flick them up and down, they go clack, 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 clack. Apparently lots of kids ended up with broken wrists and broken fingers and bruises all over them. They banned them in the end. Then there was the chopper bicycles. Do you remember the chopper bikes? And of course, when skateboards came in, 76 was that really, really hot summer. I think the sort of hot, hottest summer we'd had in the last three million years. Well, perhaps not quite that long. When was the last ice age? Someone asked me the other day, we were talking about climate change, and they said, when was the last ice age? I don't know. I must look that up, because I have heard there's another ice age on the way. Well, that won't be good if we lose power then, will it? I don't know what will happen. Well, I won't be here, so that, that's not a problem I need worry about, I suppose. But going back to the presents, um, well, not presents so much, but adverts for toys, there was all, all the old stuff. I can't remember half of them now. It was only a half-hour programme, but very interesting. Uh, the dolls, Cindy, uh, the Cindy doll and the Barbie doll, all the gear you could get to go with them. You know, the, the bed, the dressing table, the, the horse, I think, was it Cindy or someone had a horse? And all the hair-brushing stuff. Of course, the girls loved it. Sorry, boys and girls. Here we go. I'm, I'm not being politically correct. All the little people, is that all right? All the little humans loved it. <laughs> Happy days. There was another game called Simon. It was a, like an electronic computerized game. It, I think it had colored lights and it would play a tune like do 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 do. Then you'd have to copy that, do, do, press the buttons, do 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 do. And if you got it right, you've scored points. If you got it wrong, it kind of went uh, uh, or something like that. Because in the 70s, I was. Well, I was in my teens in the 60s, so I was older. I wasn't playing with toys then, but so I don't remember a lot of them. But I remember the skateboards, the, the chopper bikes, stuff like that. It was good. They were proper toys then. There, was it Pac-Man? Yeah, I remember Pac-Man, people going mad about that. I was never quite sure what it was, 
but I do remember Pac-Man. And there was the, was it the, a rock? Was there a rock? You had to look after a rock or something. And the thing was, or here's the thing, as my son would say, here's the thing. It was just a stone, a little stone in a box. And you had to look after this rock. I forget what it was called. You'll remember it if you're the right age. You'll say, oh, yeah, I have one of those. I still have somewhere. <laughs> ah, dear. And there was, what was that thing that did actually later on? Pooch them in? I don't know what it was called. Po no, not Pinocchio. I've no idea. But all the toys back then, very interesting programme. Well, I've rambled and ranted on for, what, 40, is it 40 minutes? Something like that. So I think I'm going to have some lunch. The wind, I don't know why I keep updating you on the weather forecast. You're probably thinking, well, I'm not interested. I'm in America. I'm in Australia having Christmas dinner on the beach. <laughs> oh, dear. And you're probably thinking, why, why do we keep hearing about the weather forecast on the south coast of the UK? Well, it's lashing with rain now. And us Brits, as you know, am I to say Brits? I'm not offending myself, am I, by calling myself a Brit? Oh, I might, <laughs> I might have to get arrested. I have to arrest myself. No, us Brits, we talk about the weather, don't we? We do that. We're known the world over for talking about the weather. You meet your neighbour in the garden or someone in the street. Hello, lovely day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've got a bit of rain coming this afternoon. Wasn't it awful yesterday, that wind? <laughs> Probably because we've got nothing else to talk about. Anyway, lunchtime. I shall be back in a minute. And here I am, about an hour later. We had for lunch homemade, what was it Trish said it was? Purple carrot and lentil soup. I didn't know there was such a thing as purple carrots, did you? We have this odd box delivered once a fortnight and it's got misshapen vegetables in, like strange looking apples and bent carrots. <laughs> am I allowed to say bent carrots <laughs> instead of straight carrots? Oh dear, deep water there. And you know, weird vegetables that if you see them in the supermarket, for some unknown reason, people would say, oh, I don't want that one. It looks all bent and that, that, that carrot's got two legs. <laughs> Have you seen carrots with two legs? You can do naughty things. Anyway, you can make naughty shapes with those. Um, so, yeah, this purple carrot and lentil soup, really nice. A couple of bits of crusty bread with it. Excellent. Talking of food. Right, daughter and her family for Christmas. OK, they're not coming here for Christmas. They're going to Mexico, is it? Cancun or someplace. I, my niece, uh, she got married there. I don't know why she got married there. Nothing wrong with the church down the road. Anyway, they're going out there. And I said, well, what are you going to have for, uh, <laughs> for Christmas dinner? And one of the kids said, curry. Well, I don't know if you get curry in Mexico. I don't know. I've never been there. Curry. I know people that have been out for Christmas dinner. On Christmas Day, they, they book a restaurant, you know, and they go out and they have curry for Christmas dinner. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I, I like traditional stuff. I like the proper roast Christmas dinner with all the trimmings and the, well, not bread sauce, I don't like that, and Christmas pudding. Do you remember in the old days, they'd put a, a sixpence, do you remember a sixpenny piece, a, a tanner? Put a sixpenny piece coin in the, Christmas pudding and then someone would get it you know they'd either break their teeth swallow it have to go to the hospital or they'd get it and they could spend it down the sweet shop I remember one year my mum didn't have a sixpence none of us had a sixpence so she had to put two bob in there two shillings and of course everyone's munching through their dinner oh I'll have some more they're not their dinner their pudding I'll, I'll have some more Christmas actually I got it I was quite pleased 
because I actually got the two shilling bit. The, was it, they call them a florin. There was half a crown, wasn't there? Two and sixpence. I think they called the two bob piece a florin. I can't remember. Then it went, that became a 10p coin, didn't it? The shilling became 5p. I don't know, it was a load of rubbish. Or I, I could not add up pounds, shillings and pence. I mean, how can anyone, how can anyone add up 12 pennies to a pound? No, 12 pennies to a shilling. 20 shillings to a pound. I mean, there's no rhyme nor reason to it. Anyway, there we are. Curry. Curry for Christmas dinner. No, no, no. You've got to have proper roast potatoes and um, parsley. Is it parsley or par not parsley? That's that green stuff. <laughs> parsnip, isn't it? Roast parsnip. I don't know why they say roast potatoes and roast turkey, because in the oven, none of it is roasted. Roasting is turning on a spit, isn't it, over a fire or in front of some flames. That's roasting in the oven. You can only bake things. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not a, a cook. I'm not a chef. I don't know about all that stuff. Well, the storm seems to have petered out. Why do they say petered out? Why couldn't it be fretted out or simoned? Or at the sawmans, <laughs> the sawmans simoned out, <laughs> petered out. I'll have to look that one up. There must be a reason. Look, the storm's Jonathaned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, what was that I was talking about at some stage? Oh, that's right. Um, hertz. You know, if you've got uh, like 50 hertz mains, 60 hertz, as in you know, frequency, megahertz, kilohertz, all that. Well, what if the chap, instead of his name being Hertz, what if it was Higginbottom? You know, what's your mains? Oh, it's 60 Higginbottoms. I mean, it's a good job the chap's name was Hertz, isn't it? It could have been something awful. I don't know what I'd do. If I had a dreadful surname, I'd have to change it. Some surnames are... There was a chap that lived near us, and you look him up in the phone book. Mr R, that's his, his name was Robert, and his surname was S-O-L-E, Mr R Soul. I mean, it's, it's awful. There are various examples like that. I would have changed my surname. Or or just call myself Bob. Bob Soul. What's your name? Bob Soul. <laughs> But there are various you know, surnames I've often thought. I don't know why people don't do, do the deed poll thing and change them. Anyway, there we are. Don't want to worry about surnames. Shall I end it? Are you bored yet? Shall I end it here? Oh, I suppose you want me to ramble on, don't you? What can I tell you about next? Just going back to the tortoise for a minute. I bought a, a wireless temperature sensor to put in his box. So when he's in the shed... Then from indoors, I can look on the readout and it said, you know, like seven degrees, 10 degrees, whatever. The trouble is, that sensor in his box, it set off our burglar alarm. I put the burglar alarm on at night when we go to bed and then you'd hear this voice in the hall. It'd be going, beep, beep, zone four activated. Well, what's going on? The first time it happened, I went downstairs. Zone four is the lounge. And I'm looking around the lounge. All right, come out. That's it. Come out. <laughs> Of course, there was no one there. So I reset the alarm, turned it on. About half an hour later, it woke me up. Beep, beep, zone eight, active. And the zone eight is the shed. So I'm looking out the window. I've got a torch shining on the shed. What was going on? I realised I turned it off the alarm in the end because, yeah, we didn't have burglars everywhere. I realised it was the temperature sensor. It works on the sort of similar frequency. And what was it? Every two seconds. Oh, this is boring now. The sensor in the tortoise box sent a signal to the readout thing in the house to, to say what the current temperature was. And of course, that set off the, the burglar alarm. 
And I couldn't, oh, I don't know, it was disaster. The trouble is there's so many things these days. I remember a friend of mine, he said that his, um, what was it, he had some wireless thing and it set off his neighbour's ring doorbell. Whenever he used this thing, the doorbell would go next door and the chap opened the door, looks outside, hello? And there's no one there. And they sort of put the two together and realised what was happening. I don't know, there's so, so many things that go ding and beep, 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 beep. You think, well, what's that? My computer makes noises. I don't know what they are. In all the years I've had this computer, I still don't know what they are. And we've got this something in the bedroom. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it'll go beep. And we both look at each other. What's that? I don't know. Something went beep. We, we never have found out what it is. It does it perhaps once or twice every few months. Just beep. We don't know what it is or where it's coming from. It's crazy, isn't it? I've had my Christmas haircut. I have a haircut about sort of August. That'll do till through to about March. So, I, <laughs> so I've got long hair through the winter to keep me warm. The hairdresser chap, he said, well, next time it'll be three quid more. What do I pay him, 10 or something? Yeah, it's going to be 13 or whatever. I said, oh, OK. And uh, he, he was right. He said, it's got to go up. You know, the rent's going up. Everything's going up. He's, he's right. Everything's going up in price. So it's only fair that he puts his price up. I've noticed prices going up. Uh, I don't go around the shops too much, but looking online at things, bits and pieces for my radio hobby that I buy. You know, I look back and think, hang on a minute, that wasn't that much a few months ago. It's going up all the time. Everything's increasing. I don't know what's going to happen to gas and, well, and electricity. Keep hearing that gas prices are going through the roof. So what we try to do is keep the heating down. I read somewhere, or did I hear on the radio, if you turn your central heating down by one degree, you can save perhaps two or three hundred pounds a year. That's a lot, isn't it? I suppose that's a lot of money just for one degree. Anyway, whatever happens, we're certainly not going to be cold. You know, I, I don't care if, if we do have to uh, pay more for it. We're, the last thing I want at my age is to be cold. I tell you what, we were cold in the 50s. I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, ice on the window, inside the bedroom window, ice scraping. I used to draw pictures of snowmen as a kid, scraping with my fingernail on the ice inside the bedroom window, let alone outside the sink, the basin in the bathroom. You know, you fill it up to wash. Well, pretend to wash. Splash around so mum thinks you're washing. And it wouldn't empty. You'd pull the plug out and the water just water just sits in the sink. It's because the, the drain thing outside all frozen. I don't think we've had winters that cold. I'm not going to go on about climate change. Don't worry about that. But I don't think we've had winters like that. Or was it just the way the, the plumbing was arranged back then? Burst pipes. Everyone had burst pipes. Even had burst pipes in the summer. No, you didn't. I think back then the winters were colder. I do remember icicles hanging down from the, the guttering around the house. I'm sure the, I'm really sure that the winters were colder. Well, I was certainly cold. We used to go to bed. You know, you'd have your pajamas, you'd have socks, a dressing gown, and your eider down. Remember the eider down? None of this modern quilt rubbish. Just a quilt on top that falls off in the night. Our quilt walks. It seems to walk over to my side. So there's Trish next to me, totally uncovered. And I, I've got the, half the quilt on me and the other half's on the floor by my side. I like the proper sheets and blankets all tucked in with an eider down and the candle wick bedspread. Do you remember all that? Proper pillow full of feathers, 
not bits of sponge or rubber. Those were the days. Those were the days where we had germs and they did us good. <laughs> they did. They did do us good. We had proper germs and and illnesses. You know, we we got all sorts of things. We got colds and coughs and I had glandular fever. I had mumps and stuff. But it, it sort of hardened you up, doesn't it? Makes you hardy like plants. So then, you know, later in life, a bit of a cold, people are snivelling. You know, <laughs> my immune system's hardy. It's been hardened off when I was a kid. <laughs> now, I do believe that, though. I do believe that we are too hygienic. Everything. It, you see the advert on telly. You do your washing in the washing machine. Ah, but has it killed all the germs and bugs and whatever viruses? So you add a cup full of something, which then disinfects it to 99.9 .9 recurring, <laughs> kills everything. Well, I don't know. I think we're too clean. I, no, I'm not talking about COVID. That's different, obviously. And of course, in the old days, dreadful things like smallpox, diphtheria, uh, TB, all those dreadful things have gone now, hopefully. But I'm talking about you know getting a cold, common cold, getting sore throat, stuff like that. You know, kids had all that sort of thing, chicken pox. And it was, I think it was good for us not to be 100% clean. Well, as a kid, I like being not 100% clean. Nothing wrong with going to bed with mud all up your legs. We're now well into the afternoon. The wind's dropped. It's not raining. So I think that's it. That's the end of, what is it? Storm Barra. I think it's time for a cup of tea, don't you? I'll end it here. Thanks for listening. Um, as I keep saying, email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. Raiserants, that would be good to hear from you. Even if you just just say, well, that was a load of rubbish. Uh, hopefully this one will be out on, uh, where are we? I keep forgetting. It's Tuesday, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I might stick this one on tomorrow for you to hear. Not wait till Sunday. Perhaps we'll forget the Sunday thing in the future. And as for the, do you remember the midweek message I used to do? I don't think I'll do that. I, it was only a few minutes of just talking more rubbish. <laughs> I think that was a little bit of talking rubbish to prepare you for the weekend of an hour of rubbish. So I don't know. We'll see. Let's not make any commitments. Uh, I won't make any commitments to talk rubbish and you don't have to make any commitments to listen to it. Thanks for listening. Take care. Keep well and uh, hope you're all ready for Christmas. Oh, I mentioned the C word again. Sorry about that. Take care. See you soon. Bye bye for now.